Hey, welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, episode 33, where Dina and I sit down and have a wonderful chat with Taryn Gassell. Taryn built his fame as Triathlon Taryn with his hugely popular YouTube channel focused on all things triathlon. He's now the head honcho behind mymotive.com, which is a coaching app and set of resources to help endurance athletes train for their events. Dean and I sit down with Taryn and chat about quite a bit. Um, The first thing we chat about is transitioning from him being an investment advisor to an entrepreneur in the triathlon and fitness industry. And then we go off and chat about different things, the effects of COVID on his training, fitness, and mental health, ways to think about identity and focus areas as an endurance athlete, his viewpoints and experiences with various nutrition approaches, and ways in which he rejuvenates and maintains balance between work and life. We are super, super excited for you to listen to this episode where Dina and I have a nice little sit down with Taryn. So hope you enjoy it. All right, we are super excited to be with uh, Taryn Gassell today. Dina and I are leading leading the way here today. Dina, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited yeah. to have Taryn on. And I know, this yes. is this Yay. is super exciting, you know. And I, I was honored and privileged to be on Taryn's podcast. Taryn, that was a while ago. I can't even remember, but um, I, I just, you know. I love what you're doing in the space and what kind of kind of your journey and kind of where you've come from and just the impact you're having, like the very positive impact you're having on, on athletes and endurance athletes. But I, so welcome, number one, Taryn, thank you for thank taking you. the time today. Yeah. Um, we, I, I would love, I'm so fascinated by this and I know our listeners will be too, because this isn't just another, Oh, we're going to talk about to this guy about nutrition and whatever, whatever, whatever. But I I'm so intrigued by your past and I know you've talked about it before, but you know, I know we know a little bit about it, but so you, you kind of went through this whole health nutrition journey, I call it, right? I mean, it was, it seemed like a little up and down, but can you tell us like, just, just explain to us, like what made you kind of get on this endurance sport journey, the nutrition journey, like what sparked that and where did you come from? And then where are you at right now? Uh, well, I am a recovering investment advisor. So after university, I was a business school person and went into finance and got all the fancy suits and ties yeah. and letters in behind my name. Cause that's what I, I thought we were all supposed to do, but I was never very fulfilled by it at all. Something was always just missing. And I wasn't very healthy at all as a kid had lost a little bit of weight in university, but it was like, it was still a bulky weight that I held because I was throwing around dumbbells and trying to be a bodybuilder yeah. and weight didn't stay off until I got into my late twenties. And as an advisor where I wasn't very happy, I decided to do a triathlon, oh. which all of a sudden, all that lack of enjoyment and excitement and, and feeling inspired by something that I lacked in my job and day-to-day life, all of a sudden, boom, it was right there Wow! when I stepped to the start line and triathlon hooked me right away. Yeah. But it was a long journey of 12, 13 years now of learning how to do the sport mm. because I couldn't swim. I didn't own a bike. I would get shin splints when I'd run oh. any more than about 300 meters. Yeah. I had grown up on Dunkaroos and bagels. Oh and my goodness. 
and Campbell's soup. Like just, uh, I was the quintessential, this person is set up for poor health as an adult right? and had to learn how to be healthy. And over the course of the last 12, 13 years, I've always been driven by, I think about it in terms of like a puzzle that I have to solve about, okay, what gets good performance with Mm -hmm. good health and good longevity and good fulfillment and good mental health and good strength and balance and all these things. And I I still feel like I'm learning from people like you and like just consuming all of this. And I'm definitely in that, that mindset of like, wow, the more, you know, the less you feel like, you know, right? Um, because it's such a broad topic and we could, we could talk about this for weeks on end in a a multi-hundred hour podcast and not even just scratch the surface. Totally. Yeah. Did you, you know, in, in that journey, like when you were making that switch and you entered your first try and, and I, and I can relate to that too, in terms of the triathlon, it really, there's something very inspiring about it, but did you, before that, did you have any, any health challenges because of the way you grew up, you know, nutritionally and activity wise, or were you fairly healthy? And I'm thinking like blood work and biomarkers and this and that. I would say that I didn't know of any health issues that I had, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Right. I, I was 215 pounds at my highest as a five foot eight person. That's not a very good look. Right. (laughs) Uh, I drank really heavily a couple of times a week. And I think I just got away with it because I was still just 26 or 27 when I okay. found endurance sports. Okay. So up to that point, you can kind of get away with it. Right. And right. I would actually say that even now, some of the health challenges that I've encountered while training relate back to, well, let's face it. I had 24 years of being unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take 13 years to unwind that. It's right. A lifetime of that working itself out if it does at all. So yeah, I, I would say that I definitely had health challenges that have carried forward even into now. Okay. I think that's a positive, really, really positive message to send to listeners too, is, you know, things don't happen overnight. Like when we talk about our health, it does take a while, especially from a nutrition aspect. I think physically we can make some pretty robust changes quickly, although we need to be careful because there's a high rate of injury, right? Because I think we uh, we all live in that world. Like we want it now, that immediate gratification, but how, how long, so so in that journey, like how long did it take you to move from in, you know, investment uh, finance and banking and wall, you know, that into like the next, the next part of your life, you know, the next part of your journey, like it was that immediate. I, it it was kind of a slow process, but on paper, it looks pretty immediate. If you look at LinkedIn bio, it's like investment advisor. And then the next year I got wooed away from, uh, being an investment advisor for, to be a, uh, a manager of a company and, and start a social media division of a, oh, okay. a large tech publisher okay. because they were watching the YouTube videos that I was creating about triathlon. And it had yep. only been about 10 months of creating those YouTube videos, but I was yep. having some success. And then it was about 10 months at that tech publisher mm-hmm. before I bought the division that I created, turned that publisher into my first client and I was still doing my own YouTube channel and podcast along the side, but it, it looks like I kind of went from investment advisor to wow, social media person, yeah. triathlon. Yeah. It was a good five years until that could actually sustain itself. And it was all that we did. Gotcha. Um, 
I always had a side gig for the first year. It was the investment advisor. And the yeah. second year it was the tech publisher. And then for a couple of years, I helped people do their own social media. Okay. So it was a long, long grind before all I did was just endurance sports. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious, Taryn, when you got in or started your YouTube channel, like, do you remember your your interest in that? Did someone ask you, you know, like, oh, can you share this stuff with me? Or how can I get more uh, no, of this info? Like, how did you, how, what was the impetus then? Like, how did you decide this is stuff I want to share with the world? When I was an investment advisor, I made a couple of marketing videos on my own, shot them on an iPad and really liked that process of doing it. And that just stuck in my head. So I'd always mess around with, oh, I went for a run and maybe I'll make some sort of video, but I just wanted to learn how to edit videos. And at the end of being an investment advisor, I knew I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. And I needed some sort of fulfillment, some sort of creative outlet. And I wasn't allowed to do more videos as an investment advisor because the regulations were so strict that I couldn't. So I said, you know what, I'm going to make a YouTube channel and I'm going to make the topic about something my boss can't say a thing about. Yeah. <laughs> and when am I the happiest? And I was the happiest when I was training for endurance races. Mm. So I just started making whatever video came to mind. It was everything from what I thought about noon tablets yeah. to uh, the best Halloween costumes that involve you wearing a Speedo. Like yeah. just, it was just whatever came to mind Yeah, because I just wanted to learn how to make videos. Yeah. I love so it. You don't have it. like a theater background. This was a, like you said, a creative <laughs> outlet. Cause I mean, you seem like a natural. I am always curious, like, how are you doing that? If you, if you, you know, had to overcome some shyness or you grew up very oh, yeah. social or. Oh, the very first video I ever did, which we've left up to show people how bad first pieces of content are was about 45 minutes of filming to get seven good minutes. Oh, I had workshop lights beaming on my face. So I was sweating by the oh. end of it. I'm oh. sitting in front of these hot workshop lights and I was reading a script that I had taped to the wall in behind the camera. <laughs> and it still took me 45 minutes. Oh my goodness. So that up to about video number around 250 or so is when I started getting comfortable. Wow. And at video 180, roughly, I decided to do a daily vlog. So I started doing a video every single day. And that really made me comfortable in front of the camera because every single day I had to talk. I had to think mm -hmm. about what I wanted to say, why I wanted to say it. And that's what really made it a lot more natural. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is fun so, to see the old, the older ones, Taryn. And is. we'll be sure to share. Oh, fun or talk. cringy, very cringy. <laughs> well, I think fun and interesting, yeah, but to absolutely. see the journey and uh, I guess that's an overused word here, but uh, just the progression in your own, you know, this development and your offerings and fostering that community sense in addition to sharing knowledge. So it's, it's terrific. Yeah. 
So we, we know you recently made a move across country, uh, that in mm-hmm. Canada. I, I remember when, when we did our podcast, this was literally, I think it was about a week before you were moving. I remember because you had all these boxes and you're like, okay, I'm getting ready. So what, what sparked that? And, and maybe talk to us about what sparked the move, where are you at now? And how has that, how has that been? And, and what's, what's, what have you reflected on? Because, because you've changed some things in terms of endurance training yourself, right? So maybe kind of talk us through that process of where, what sparked that and where you're at now. Well, going back to the very beginning of COVID, I was training to qualify for the Ironman World Championships. Mm-hmm. I had just done my first Ironman distance race the year before. Okay. Uh, 941 in Challenge Roth. So very respectable. Time, but yeah. you had to step it up a fair bit to right. get an Ironman Kona spot. And over the course of the winter between 2019 and 2020, before COVID came around, my body started showing little chinks in the armor like mm. oh you know here I am 11 years into doing endurance sports and body's kind of given out starting to mm. gain weight even though I'm training well and eating oh, well and yeah. depression kind of started setting in mm. uh, that I wasn't fulfilled at all by mm. training anymore and then COVID hit and I think that added stress of oh wow my identity as triathlon Terran yes. is gone yes. because there are no races mm-hmm. and this big thing that was supposed to be the entire cornerstone of content for 2020 of me trying to get to the world championships is gone mm. and I actually felt kind of relieved so that it was this big existential crisis of like yeah. everything I thought that had meaning in my life is gone And what I thought gave me meaning was actually making me a little bit depressed. So I went down the the path of thinking like, why did this happen? Why did those, that weight gain start? Why did the chinks in the armor start showing up? Because we're all supposedly doing endurance sports for added health. Right. And when I started researching what was happening to me and then talking openly about it, started finding tens of thousands of people who would comment on our videos saying the same thing happened to me and nobody's talking about it. Hmm. So I've really gone down this path of just being overall better balanced in Hmm. everything. You can be a great athlete while being healthy. You don't have to just strictly focus on performance, which is often counterproductive to health. And if you want to be healthy and perform well, you have to do things a little bit differently. You have to eat a little bit differently. Your nutrition has to be thought through a little bit more methodically. Mm -hmm. Your approach to life has to be a little bit different. And you have to get out of the the more is always better mindset Mm -hmm. that our Western culture is just built around. Right. Whether it's consumerism or trying to be faster mm-hmm. in a certain distance race or get to the next distance race. It's always more yep. that we think is going to fulfill us. And in my case, it's what led me to feeling depressed and having hmm. um, poor health from training. And we actually decided to go to a place in Canada that is much more balanced uh, oh. and much calmer. It's a small town of about yeah. 30,000 people. Wow! I leave my house and I go a kilometer in one direction then I hit trails I go two kilometers in the other direction I hit trails and cell phone reception sucks I love it (laughs) I can can unplug and it becomes this 
all right, if I'm in my office, if I'm at home, if I'm working on something, I work really hard, mm-hmm. I can easily check out as well. That's fantastic. And and that was just recently, like you just recently did that move in the past few months, correct? Yeah. October of yeah. 2021. Uh, that, yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, a huge congrats with that. And so now are you, and, and I love that message of balance and, and seeking, even seeking the why and the joy behind it. Cause I do think a lot of athletes, uh, they, they don't, sometimes they don't reflect upon the why, right? And, and I think a lot, I think COVID really brought that about for many different individuals, just the, why am I doing this? And, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of races were, were just gone in the blink of an eye. And I do feel like a lot of the identity of, of athletes in general were challenged. And I think of, you know, I think COVID did have some positives because people were able to hopefully identify that, but also maybe maybe reconfigure their thought process and say, you know, maybe I do try something different or maybe I... I walk or I find more enjoyment in trails or like whatever it is. Right. So I, I commend you on that for sure. Yeah. I, I really think that we're going to see an explosion in endurance athletes over mm-hmm. the next few years, because mm-hmm. we've had two years of people training at home with Peloton or whatever yeah. app they downloaded, yeah. possibly being fitter than they've ever been. Right. They're going to want more challenges, but I really do think that there's going to be this shift towards mm-hmm doing it for fulfillment and enjoyment right. as opposed to doing it for a personal best. Absolutely. So are you still training then for, for endurance or like where, cause you've, you've, you spoke about your Ironman, you know, kind of qualifying for world championships. Now, where are you now, you know, fast forward a couple of years? Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that I am not training for any race. We mm-hmm. have focused more on the business. The exciting thing that I've find enjoyment and fulfillment in is getting other people to their races right. with our, our training app. Um, and that leaves uh, kind of a big recovery debt when you're focused on something that is very stressful. So I, mm-hmm. I can't do a whole lot of very structured training any more than about eight or nine hours a week starts mm-hmm. adding up for mm-hmm. me, but I'll still do an hour every day. And okay. that hour is a lot of low intensity cardio, mm-hmm. one high intensity cardio session a week, a lot of strength, a lot of mobility. And I'm training less than I have in, I would say six years, but I will occasionally go out and do a 5k time trial yeah. just to be a part of somebody else's training. Right. And uh, I'm still putting out times and performances really comparable to what I was doing at the peak of my training. Wow. Because I think I'm just stronger, more stable, more balanced, more recovered. So when I want to go really rip mm-hmm. one, I can. Yep. I'm kind of chomping at the bit to do it. Yeah. Whereas when I was training 17 hours a week, I was just surviving. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Just hanging on by a thread. Totally. And and not thriving. So yeah, still training, but not yeah. for anything in particular. Uh, I love that message. Love it. Taryn, for, for newer athletes out there hearing this, and I'm, I'm thinking of your earlier comment, like it's not just about the finish line or a personal best, but some of this is maybe shocking news for some, like, what do you mean by that? And yeah. earlier when you were commenting on, on seeking balance too, I just wondered, you know, when you, maybe you meet someone new or they come to you how do you have them think through these things to like take a broader view or an assessment of, you know, like where are your priorities or how, 
balanced are you, or, you know, how, how to approach this. And maybe that goes with your, your newer motive method that you have, but I wonder if you could speak to that. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit interesting to think about because I fully believe that having a big goal on the horizon, something that scares you, something that people might go like, oh, Taryn probably doesn't believe in this anymore, um, is actually important. I think that having a big goal, like a, a half Ironman, a big trail run, uh, an Ironman, even if it's a 5K and that's a big goal for somebody mm -hmm. new, set that big goal. Absolutely set that big goal. Where I think the problem comes in is when people get that taste of, oh, I can do this, the focus becomes on how fast can I do it? And if the, the brain is tuned to how fast can I go, everything is going to be based on speed. You're, you're going to read certain studies or watch a video and it's always going to be about speed, high performance, high performance, high performance. High performance is often um, mutually exclusive from health if you're strictly focusing on high performance. Mm -hmm. What I've found is if you actually focus on health, balance, good training, a lot of low intensity cardio, a little bit of high intensity cardio, strength, mobility, good nutrition, the performance actually comes. And in the case of our athletes, it comes on in a, in a greater way than when they were focused on performance. So we get a lot of athletes that come from training plans or coaches who just focus on really, really hard training all the time. And people are spinning their wheels, not getting any better. They come to our app and go, how can this possibly help? I need more. And we say, well, just trust it. Try yeah. it Try it for a race. And they go, wow, I just PB PB by 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Like, well, because your body's ready to do this. It's ready to be challenged. And when you focus on everything being balanced, you get a body structure and a bunch of body systems that are working really well together so they can recover. They can perform really well. They can dig really deep. You're going to get into the race and you're going to be chomping at the bit, not just waiting for the race to be over and get the medal. So by looking right at health, you can end up getting towards left if that's what, where performance is mm -hmm. um, by being overall in better health. Absolutely. That's a powerful message. I, I feel like you're, we're, we're sprinkling all these great messages throughout, right? Yeah. Um, I want, I want to kind of tag nutrition a little bit more because you did mention it and, and obviously it's part of the, the system. What, from your perspective, because I know you personally, N of one have tried many different nutrition strategies to, to one, see how they interacted with you, but also to share to, to all these people who, who follow what have you learned from your nutrition experiments? Where are you at with it now? And, and what do you think, what, like, what are some of the messages you're, you're providing some of the, some of your followers and listeners? Well, as a starting point, what I've learned, somebody explained very, very well to me once is if it has a name, if a nutritional approach has a name, mm. it's probably not healthy for mm, you yeah. <laughs> because it's too extreme. People get into one camp or another and it becomes mm -hmm. so extreme that it becomes very restrictive. Um, and then when it becomes very restrictive, you start making choices that aren't very healthy. So for example, 
we've talked a lot about this, having your blood sugar stable and mm-hmm. controlling when you give yourself carbs and when you don't take carbs mm-hmm. is a very good way to improve your overall metabolism and health. Well, that's been, I think, twisted and taken so far to the other end of the spectrum that we have low carb athletes and, and keto. Mm-hmm. Uh on the other end, you have, you know, a lot of what we talk about, have a lot of vegetables, have a lot right. of fruit. Again, it gets brought all the way to the end of veganism. Yeah. Um, I've tried both. And in both cases, I experienced marginal benefits hmm. um, in performance, but a lot of health challenges. So mm. when I was restricting a lot of meat, for probably 24 months, mm-hmm. just gradually got worn down more and more and more. And blood work started showing that iron was low, vitamin B was low, all mm-hmm. of the things that you would expect were just right. gradually going down. And I was eating, I would say very, very healthy as a, right. as a not vegan, but eating far, far less meat. Okay. And on the other end, when I was doing very, very strict carb restriction to no more than 130 grams of carbs every single day, uh, again, performed really well. Mm-hmm. Fat metabolism was through the roof. I'd get right. on a metabolic cart and I'd be burning fat like crazy. Yeah. But blood work again, cortisol is through the roof. Adrenals mm-hmm. are getting beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, got microbiome starts getting beat up because it's so exclusionary. So more what we go for now is just very basic general principles. Um, Control your blood sugar. Don't have a lot of processed foods. Mm -hmm. Don't have a lot of refined carbs. Have refined carbs if you need them in a very intense session. Right. But don't restrict yourself from food. Don't restrict yourself from carbs. Um, Make better choices. So... Mm -hmm. Whereas three years ago when I was doing low carb, I might have a bulletproof coffee and then go, go do a four hour ride and not have any carbs beforehand or during, um, and the coach that I was working with would even try try and nudge me to do it fasted. Yeah. Now, instead I'll have an omelet, a lot of vegetables, Mm -hmm. um, maybe some fruit, but it's like berries Mm -hmm. at at most before Mm -hmm. those long fat burning rides. Yeah. And then you can during, so my blood sugar is nice and stable. So I'm still getting that, that, that nice, low controlled blood sugar ability to burn fat as fuel while controlling my cortisol, because I'm giving myself enough food, Mm -hmm. little bit of carbs to get that cortisol and the, the stress hormones just in check. Right. So of, of those three methods you've tried, so low carb, uh, and then we'll do more veganism, you know, plant-based. And then now kind of where you're at in the middle, this is a weird question to ask and possibly answer, but which one did you enjoy the most, like emotionally, if that makes sense? Yeah. Very good question. Emotionally. It's certainly now. Okay. When, when there's a, a a little bit more of a freedom. Hmm. Um, I think that when you start restricting anything personally, I've found that you will always have this mental issue of like, well, I can't have that. And it does become part of your identity and it became part of mine. Mm. Oh, just, Oh, Taryn can't have that. And and you dig your heels in the sand say, yeah, Yeah. I can't have that. That's right. That's part of my identity. (laughs) And I think having more of a freedom of 
I just need to make good choices. Right. And that opens up a world of all kinds of food. I can go and, and yeah, I can have pizza every now yeah. and again. And then right. it becomes freeing, liberating. It yeah. Is it um, the most healthy, strict, regimented, um, highest amount of fat that I can possibly burn per minute? No, yeah. but I think it's going to be balanced and emotionally much mm-hmm. easier. Yeah. And I think a lot of people kind of miss that boat. That's why I asked that question, because we do, we want to connect with our food in the process of, of it also. And not just, again, like you were saying, it's the black white, it's the restriction. We don't, we don't want to necessarily promote that because there's not a lot of enjoyment there. And I think that's what really leads to failure a lot of times when people are trying these. So it, it sounds like, you know, with, with you personally, and, and even with, within the athletes whom you work with too, you're trying to promote more of that blood sugar controlling, kind of the balance, you know, letting, letting your hair down kind of a thing every so often and, and not being as restrictive nutritionally. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If, if we're looking at it from my standpoint, if we're looking at it um, for performance, we can get almost all the performance we need to run a, a really good Ironman race with about burning one gram of fat per minute. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not a diet that is required to be very extreme to get to that. Right. You you just need good nutritional strategies. So all of the like nine hour fasted rides that I see where people want to get that one gram of fat per minute up to 1.4 or 1.6 grams of fat per minute. Like why Mm -hmm. you're you've already squeezed the juice out of the the lemon. Right. Right. Um, And then you start looking at it from the other standpoint and say, is that healthy? And Yes. You wake up in the morning with high cortisol and then don't take anything and then go do a training day where you're just jacking your cortisol through the roof all fasted. I don't think that there's any way that somebody can look at that and say it's accomplishing both performance and health. I think it's maybe accomplishing a little bit more performance marginally. Right. Right. Um, So I want to look at a balance of both. Let's get it. And you do have to kind of, yeah. I think it is looking at that short-term versus long-term also. And I think sometimes we, we are known to sacrifice one or the one or the other. And I think kind of what you're saying is we can reap the benefits of both. We just, sometimes we, we, we need to allow ourselves to, to do that. Yeah. 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 Allow ourselves to take the foot off the, the gas because mm-hmm. we're just so wired that more is always better. That that's how people like David Goggins, who just mm-hmm. say like, go out there and smash it every day. And, and beat right. the world down, trying to beat you down. You got to stay hard and stay diligent. Like that is not a very enjoyable way to go through life, duct taping no. your shins together and things exactly. like every day is fight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would rather go through like a little bit more like a, maybe this is the Vancouver Island in me coming out, a little bit more like a hippie thinking that yeah. life is pretty grand. Like yeah. that, that sounds a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> Speaking of that, Taryn, being beaten down and hippie all in the same sentence here, I I was just thinking of something with what you're doing and what you've been building over these last six, seven years. Um, How do you find, just personally, if you could share, uh, how do you recharge or what are the things that you do in your life to keep doing the things that you're doing for all the people? I tend to take a lot more breaks than people Mm -hmm. expect throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I am not somebody that other people would look at and think, wow, 
he is drilling work every single day. <laughs> My days are very sporadic and they're intentionally that way. So I go in and out of work in little bursts. Mm. I will work a little bit for about an hour in the morning and then I'll go and do a beach workout and then come back and then maybe be on a podcast and then maybe get back to some emails after that. So another hour or so, and then I'll go and chop some wood um, or putter around in the yard. There's a lot of little breaks to give myself a physical break so that I don't feel like I'm just sitting at a desk all day, a mental break. So it doesn't feel like I'm working for 12 hours a day and um, a bit of a thought break. So that instead of just sitting and doing hard thinking, I give myself those more spontaneous moments where I'm in the yard and listening to a podcast and I go, Oh, Hey, that would be interesting for our business. Okay. Maybe I can implement that. So yeah, if people were to, would to, would look at, at my schedule or watch me work throughout a day, they'd go, he is not doing a whole lot of work <laughs> but because it's, it's just tiny little chunks over. Yeah. There. It kind of ties to what you were saying earlier. Like it's, not less is more, but in a sense, right. You're breaking up kind of like work nuggets, but in the end, you're very productive if we were to assess it that way. So it's, it's a different paradigm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a perfect example of why I think that different paradigm is very helpful is one of the goals that we have for our business is to increase our web page traffic hmm. and for the last few months, I've been thinking, okay, how do we build a system where we can get up two to three blog posts every single week without question? And over the course of two years, all right, we get about 300. Is that enough to increase web traffic? I don't know. But if I, I kept thinking about it and thinking about it and researching and just, just sit on it for a while, as opposed to just bashing through and writing lots of blog posts, and eventually something came and I looked at the, uh, basically the, the linchpin to increasing your web traffic is getting mm -hmm. a lot of backlinks. Mm -hmm. And something came to mind that I went, hey, I have some notoriety in the industry. Why don't I offer other websites to write blog posts for them? Mm -hmm. And maybe I write a quarter of what we were going to write before, but we do it over two years and we get with every single post that we write for another publication, we get a backlink. And then we don't have to write 300, we have to write maybe 80 right. blog posts. Much, much, much easier to yeah. do that. Um, so just thinking about things in a different way and that's saving us months and years worth of work. And if all you're doing is more work is always better, the Gary Vee just go out and hustle mm -hmm. mentality, mm -hmm. I don't think you're gonna work very intelligently. Yeah. Um, and not efficiently either. Yeah. Not efficiently. Like yeah. I, I want to use a scalpel, not mm -hmm. a sledgehammer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're, you're able to like the move was successful. I, I love where you're at in your, in your life right now and the perspective. And especially since you do have, you, you touch so many people and, and I think the messages that, that I'm hearing and, and, and I know that you spread 
they're so inspiring, number one. And, and two, I just love it because again, it's not drilling. It's not saying you have to do, you know, 30 hours a week of this and, and not find balance and wake up at three o'clock in the morning and try to fit this in. Like, I just, I just want to commend you for, for kind of, you know, where, where you're at now. And, you know, even over the past few years, I've seen that shift with you and in, in, in the content you're putting out and, and I appreciate it. So I, I want to thank you for that for sure. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. I, I really do believe that this is what the endurance world is ready for right yeah, now. Yeah. I think we've just gotten to this giant pissing contest of mm-hmm. who can do more and who can suffer more. Exactly. And I can point to study after study after study that past nine to 11 hours of training per week, mm-hmm. your health starts getting compromised. And right. there's more and more indication that even at the Ironman level, that your performance starts deteriorating after about 14 hours a week right. of training. But here people are thinking that 20 is what's required I know. to it's, do a sprint triathlon. Yeah. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Okay. This has just gone way too far. Let, right. Let's start looking at what's actually happening here. Exactly. Not just the bro science of, Hey, you need to do more and take this right. seriously. Well, and it's usually, you know, the training partners, the training groups, like, oh, and, and they look at someone who qualifies for a world championship and find out their training program. Now they're trying to mimic that. And that, that never ends up well. I mean, that's, it's the same thing of following a nutrition plan that someone else is following, you know, exactly it, you know, we're all built differently. We, we require different things, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, the more is better, really, it's not really the case for exercise. Like the body does get broken down, like you were mentioning earlier. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good message, right? <laughs> Yeah, I hope yeah. it lands. I, I will say I'll acknowledge that it's hard for people to hear. Oh, absolutely. It's not easy to think, okay, I'm going to do more and accomplish more by doing less. It's exactly. always easier to think that yes. doing more is going to be the answer. Yeah. So I think we are a little bit early in the zeitgeist of the world going that way. But I think yeah. more people that we get together to talk about this, talk about balance, right. talk about health, more people are going to go, okay, maybe there's something to this. And maybe there's a reason that I haven't really improved my performance yeah. in a number of years, even though I'm training like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, re- I truly do believe that the endurance world will come around and, and this, the, the, the the training culture will shift over the yeah. next few years. I definitely agree. And I think the the messages are being sent. I think the conversations are being had. It's just a matter of of athletes, you know, absorbing that information and in and, and being ready to to hear it essentially and then making those behavior changes in their lives. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, this is this is fantastic. Um, we're going to go right into our high five questions, if you don't mind. So this is a rapid way, kind of rapid fire where Dean and I come at you and it's just for our listeners to kind of get to know maybe a little more fun side of Taryn, right? Um, or, or maybe some things that people don't know about you, right? Which is, which is, I think, kind of cool to, to finish up the podcast, but anything that, that we, that you want to add that we haven't discussed before we launch into these high fives? Uh, just, I think people need to go out and find something that is scary, to them and a little bit exciting as much as I talk about balance and holding back finding that thing that is scary to Uh, you yeah is what keeps people motivated so push for a real reach goal that if you were to do it tomorrow you think that you might have a 50 50 shot of even finishing that's going to motivate people to get off the couch and do the right things every single day yeah, exactly. I love that. I love it. All right. So let's, uh, Dean, I think I'm going to start with the high five questions. Is that Sounds good? good. Yeah. All right. So first question, Taryn, super, super easy one. 
uh, after a workout, what's your go-to food or drink? Like what, what, what do you enjoy eating or drinking after a workout, beach workout, you know, trail run, walk, hike, whatever. Uh, if I am, if I've pushed really hard, I'm yeah. not really ready to digest a whole lot just yet. Yeah. So I use a lot of the, you can energy plant protein. Um, okay. so okay. the, you can powder with a little bit of protein just to mm -hmm. start the recovery process. And then usually this is like my guilty pleasure right now is, uh, protein powder with cereal, just rice checks cereal. Okay. Just, okay. Get the glucose back up there. Yeah. And I know it's just the, the most empty calories imaginable, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, I, I gotta be honest. That's what it Goes is. Right? Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Nice. Great. Uh, Question number two, Taryn, uh, what's your evening wind down routine? Evening wind down routine is, well, right now it's much less exciting than it will be. So I'll give you what it is right now. Uh, sit, put some blue light glasses on and watch something like the Sopranos or like a, a very bingeable show. Okay. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have sauna, swim spa, hot tub, and hopefully a cold plunge all oh. set up. Okay. off to the side of our house and we're specifically building that as our evening routine so oh. go into the sauna or then the cold plunge and then maybe back into the hot tub that that hot cold contrast therapy i found to be really really good for the the nervous system to nice. get calmed down at night yeah i love it i love it well we'll have to chat about that at a later time to see how yeah. it's working for you um question number three if you have one what is your all-time favorite book who I would say the most impactful in my life has been the seven habits of highly effective people. Okay. Stephen Covey. Like yep. Such a self-help book. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is, but mm -hmm. it's more a framework for life. Mm -hmm. How do you start thinking about getting meaning out of life and being impactful while having that balance? And I didn't really hear the balance part of it when I was reading it as a kid in my twenties. Right. Uh, I heard nothing but the achievement part of it, <laughs> but I do go back to that same copy that I had 15 years ago that got me on the mindset of like, have some purpose in life. Um, so that would be it by far. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Taryn. And I had just, before I ask you this next one, I recently had read that you're, you have a background in curling and I hadn't, mm -hmm. I meant to ask you about that earlier, but this next question is, uh, is there a sport that you haven't tried yet that is piquing your interest? And if so, what would that be? Surfing. Oh, so, oh. yeah. Moving to Vancouver Island, uh -huh. we have Tofino across the way about yep. two hours and 15 minutes away. It's Canada's most iconic surf spot. Oh, and I found now that we're about 25 houses from the ocean, I am just so invigorated by being in the ocean. Mm. Um, I'll do uh, about a three time a week cold plunge in the oh. ocean. And I was just doing it about 45 minutes ago before yeah. we got on. Yeah. I feel so good when I come out. And whenever I've done open water swim training, same sort of thing. I just feel so mm. connected to nature. Mm -hmm. And as I learn more and more about surfing, requiring strength and stability and mobility mm -hmm. and flexibility, and your heart rate actually gets right up into that perfect low intensity, 120 beat per minute zone. Oh. Uh, 
I really want to look into that because it sort of seems like it's almost too good to be true that it's right. meditative and an exercise yeah, uh, all in one. And, and fun too, right? Something, something new I, to try. I really hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds terrific. Oh, okay. Taryn, last one. And you kind of alluded to it before. So I'd be curious if you're going to, if you're going to respond differently, but if you just had one piece of advice to share to people, like what would that one piece of advice be? Yeah, it is that do things that scare you, but yeah. it's not just in racing. It's in life as well. It's whether you want to start a business or push for uh, a little bit more salary at work mm-hmm. and go in and have that awkward conversation. Yeah. Things that scare you is where you grow. It's where you yeah. get motivated. It's where you feel alive. It's where mm-hmm. you become a better version of yourself. And let's face it, life is really easy if we let it become easy and you can get stagnant and lose all that sense of excitement and fulfillment. And it's always on the edge of comfort yeah. that things start getting fulfilling and exciting and growth oriented. Yeah. And, and that's what I've always found in the past 10 years, really, since I did that first triathlon, that yeah. that's what I always needed to pursue was how do I push a little bit out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and now just adding in, how do I do that while staying balanced? Right. And that's a really right. tricky thing to do, but it's very tricky. That, that sweet spot life can be pretty good. Yeah. And it's scary for a lot of people, like you mentioned. And, you know, I heard this quote once, I don't know who said it, but the quote was, you know, the comfort zone is where your dreams go to die. Right. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of truth in that, right. You, again, opening it up, doing something scary in, in whatever aspect of, of your life that it is. So that's a, that's a great kind of ending, you know, piece of advice. And I think a lot of our listeners will definitely appreciate that. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wise words. Yes. Wise words. Yeah. So Taryn, we, we so appreciate you just taking the time after your cold plunge. And, you know, it's, I, I know it's, I know hopefully this was a chunk of your day where you just kind of relaxed and, you know, we're just chatting and um, we just really, really want to extend our, our gratitude for you taking the time to chat with us today. Well, likewise, everything yeah. that we've done together has been just in that effort of getting out good, balanced health information out into the world. So right. thanks to you for doing this podcast and being on ours and, and taking yeah. part of some of the content that we've created. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And, and we will put a whole bunch of links in our show notes to where people can find you, um, all the great resources that you're sharing. So uh, listeners, you can find that in the show notes, a ton of resources that we'll, that we'll put here. But um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up today. And, um, you know, again, just thank you for taking the time and thank you listeners to another uh, episode of the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. We look forward to uh, not seeing you next time, but definitely engaging with you next time. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 33, where Dina and I sat down and chatted with Taryn Gassell regarding his journey from investment banker to triathlon entrepreneur. It was a very engaging conversation, and we really, really hope you gained a few tidbits and golden nuggets from that chat. Stay tuned next week for a wonderful chat that Dina and I have, and we are naming it Zone 3 Nutrition. No, that is not a product. It's not a crazy supplement. That is a topic that I have given, or a name that I have given a specific nutrition topic that has been on my mind for quite some time. And I really wanted to bring that out 
And this is where Dean and I chat about what zone three nutrition is, why it may not be the right nutrition plan that you have been following and why a lot of athletes follow a zone three nutrition plan and why they shouldn't. So I think I'm just going to leave you hanging there. So you have to listen to next week's episode. If you do have a sport nutrition question, or even just a topic you would like us to cover in a future episode, shoot us an email. Hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. Include your name, the topic or question that you have, and we would absolutely love to include it on a future episode. We would absolutely love your support in promoting our podcast. If you do find our information and content beneficial and our real life strategies are useful for you in your quest for improving your health and performance, we would love it if you could visit your podcast platform of choice, give us a five-star rating. Oh, we would so appreciate it. Maybe leave a review really helps us grow our audience and share our content with listeners around the world. For more information about what Dina and I do in our respective businesses about regarding individual and team nutrition coaching, physiological testing, and biomarker testing, please reach out to us. You can find me at energyperformance.com. That is E-N-R-G performance.com. And you can reach Dina at nutritionmechanic.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the host and the guest involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only.